Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, 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 welcome to this episode of I Date Money. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, and today we have an amazing guest, Kristen Mellon. She is a certified nurse midwife who now focuses on feminine longevity. She is the expert and the co-founder of Femgevity. Hey, I got it right. How about that? No slur words there. And this is amazing. Pre-show, we had this conversation about, you know, feminine, feminine health and the longevity of it. I just love what she's doing. So this is going to be a really interesting show, a really, a show that just focuses on being in our feminine energy when it comes to money and careers and doing all the things that we love. So thank you so much, Kristen, for being here, for sharing this time and your energy with us. I love what you're doing. I, I mean, I know we talked beforehand and I just, it, it's so needed in our community. And when we think about the financial aspect, this affects our health directly. So in your personal experience, how did you see that our health was tied into finances? Yeah. So I love the connection of um, how really feminine longevity is so much like financial planning. So the way that we kind of think about like putting time um, away for health is like putting money away for retirement. So the every a bit of exercise you do or every bit of good eating or every bit of mindfulness or every bit of like kind of planning for health now is going to pay off for you in your marginal decade or the marginal two decades of your life when you're in your 80s, 90s, 100s, and you're still able able to go on a hike and play tennis and sit on the ground with your grandchildren and put your travel suitcase in an overhead compartment. And that's the same way that I think a lot of us think about money is that like a little bit of savings now, a little bit of investment now, a little bit of um, planning now financially helps us in the same time of our life. So I, I really see the the parallel there. Oh, I love that. That's a beautiful connection. Cause I know when women are stressing about money, they're not sleeping. They might be overeating, doing a lot of different avoidance. And this affects our stress levels, which ultimately affects our health. When you were a little girl and you would think about money, like what's your earliest memory about meeting money for the first time? Yeah. So like you, I grew up with lack and I grew up with a single mother um, in a very wealthy town. I grew up in Newport Beach, California, and I lived in a very tiny apartment complex and everybody lived in these like million dollar homes on the beach. And I just remember thinking, 
why are we so different? Like, why do we not have what everybody else seems to have? And I always wanted to sleep over at someone else's house or have a play date at someone else's house because they always had better toys and they had better um, games. And they had some, I had friends that lived right on the beach or had pools in their backyard. And I was living in this like tiny cramped apartment and my mother was struggling like paycheck to paycheck. So I just always remember not being able to afford, not being able to have, like always having to rent, having to go to the library, not being able to buy books, having to go to the library, not being able to buy clothes, having to get hand-me-downs, like only having one pair of shoes. Um, That was really my experience. When it comes to money, I would always try to play games. So like my favorite thing to do was play Monopoly and just like stuff my pockets with all of that fake money and, and act like I was like the, the guy with the monocle running around and like just totally rich and buying everything. And, um, you know, putting on my coat and I had this like sweater for school and like pretending it was a fur coat and acting like I was at the Ritz Carlton and stuff like that. So those are kind of my early memories of, of money. I love that. Those are beautiful. And just, you know, imagining doing all those things and, you know, it helps shape to your goals for where you are today. So as you transitioned into, you know, being in this scarcity environment and comparing to, well, they have beaches, beach houses. Why don't I have that? Was that the drive behind you, your success in your career? Yeah, I I definitely think that had a lot to do with it. I did have a very wealthy aunt. And I think that that really helped me. She was my father's aunt, actually. So she was kind of removed from me. She didn't have any children herself. She was much, much older than me. And I just saw her as like super glamorous. And every once in a while, she would kind of, she, I lived in California. She lived in New Jersey. She would kind of come in and like, like this mythical figure and like swoop me off my feet and take me to Palm Springs or take me to these like, you know, Las Vegas and these like very exotic places. And we'd order room service and like eat at a fancy restaurant and I'd get a shrimp cocktail and (laughs) it'd be very, you know, fabulous. And um, so I always kind of had this, like, I, I could see through the looking glass of what that life was like, and then go back to my own life. And conversely, my husband who grew up in Staten Island had a a firefighter father and a stay-at-home mother. He grew up in Staten Island and everyone was in the same, you know, everyone was kind of of the same nurses, firemen, cops, like of the same mentality. He never really had, I think what I had, he he didn't really understand that, that people had different classes, like that there was people poorer than him or wealthier than him. He was like, everybody lives in a split level home. Everybody has a mom that stays at home and a, and a one parent that has like a, you know, a service job. And that was it. And so like our, when we got married, like our relationship to money was so different. You know, I was like, I want to have private jets and I want to have these like extravagant lifestyles. And he was like, I just want to buy a house and like have two cars. Um, and so I've kind of like brought him into my dreams of money and uh, and success and, and what that is. I think because I've, I've always like been like the pauper looking in like Oliver twist, like, wow, the warm bread on the inside of the bakery kind of thing. <laughs> I like that vision. Yeah. And my youngest son has a vision of owning a jet, a private jet. So then we could just go fly. We don't have to depend on all these commercial airlines. Have you, have you gotten your private jet yet? <laughs> No, I, uh, cause I'm from California. I always, people make fun of me, but I'm like, I want an electric jet. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So actually in 2022, they flew the first electric jet for like eight minutes. So I'm like, it's going to come, the timing's going to work out perfectly when I'm ready for my, my private jet, it's going to be electric. Yeah. So. It'll be like the Jetsons. Remember that show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. We'll, yeah. we'll all have our flying cars all running on electric and just think about yeah. There'll solar be, power and yeah, there'll be autopilot. So we don't have to worry about accidents or anything like that. Yeah, certainly be it be an interesting thing to see. So when you think about um, getting into a career and moving shifting from I'm, I'm guessing you were nine to fiver and you shifted into entrepreneurship. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I think I always kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit for me as a as a young age, I can remember, like myself, and then the one kind of other poor girl like in my in my school, we would always kind of think of crafty ways to make a business. Like that was like our dream growing up. We're like, we're going to make a business and like become rich. And so we, we took, um, newspaper clippings of like comic strips and made barrettes out of them and then sold them at the, um, the flea market on Saturdays. And then we like, we, we started making organic soap. Like this was like early on in in the eighties and the nineties. And then I kind of moved on to selling smoothies when I was in high school. And cause that was kind of a big popular thing in California. Um, and then when I, when I graduated from, and I was like, I want to go into healthcare. I was like, okay, I can see how, you know, midwives really start their own businesses. That's kind of what midwives do. And I was like, oh, of course, this is going to be super easy. Like I had always kind of felt like starting my own business was going to kind of be my thing. Um, I ended up working for um, a private practice and kind of learning a lot and then joining up with another really like-minded physician who kind of saw, he was actually a um, perinatologist, a high-risk MFM OBGYN. And we just kind of really saw birth as like very personalized, very customizable. So even though he wasn't in the same realm that I was with midwifery, which was kind of more holistic and all these different types of birthing options, like birthing tubs and, and, you know, natural childbirth and stuff like that. He really saw it as like whatever the patient desires. And, and I did too. And so we kind of merged together. And then um, there were just a lot of different opportunities of ways to kind of offer a customized concierge level of service that women really wanted. And that's kind of how we were able to make money together in the business of birth. Oh, I love that. And it was, it's a beautiful service. I know a lot of women, you know, my last, I, my last child was born in 1998, you know, and I didn't even know midwives existed, (laughs) but they've been around forever at the same time. And, you know, now I hear about all these natural ways of delivering and I, I hear the water one is like a really good way to deliver naturally. And I'm like, yeah, why didn't I have exposure to that? So that's awesome. So as you um, transition from working in this private practice, going into your own business, you stepped into the femgevity. How, how did that transpire? Yeah, well, um, you know, thankfully, uh, my business, my business partner and I, you know, I left that business in, in 2021. We did very well and we made a lot of money. My husband and I then invested in real estate and I was able to kind of retire from birth because birth's a really hard job. Birth workers, it's very difficult. We don't really give birth workers a lot of respite. And so it it made sense for me, you know, to retire in my forties, like I'm only in my forties. And, um, but at the same time, the entrepreneurial spirit is alive Mm -hmm. and, you know, you kind of, you're, you're not dead, you know, you're retired, but you're not dead. And (laughs) there was so, there was such a need, um, 
and I don't really believe in like making a business just for the sake of making money. I was like, there was such a need. There were so many of my patients that really needed this niche, this niche filled of helping the transition of perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause where it's not talked about enough. No one's really kind of taken the bull by the horns and been like, I mean, when you think about menopause, what brands come to mind? None. When you think about periods, there's lots of brands that come to mind, Tampax, Playtex, et cetera. So I was just like, wow, like women really need help in this area. So then I was like, okay, Michelle Wispelay, who's my co-founder and I, we kind of like both really saw the, the kind of writing on the wall at the same time. And then we were like, wow, there's so much we can do here to help women. And I really believe that in medicine in general, a lot of us are so altruistic that we don't always see that there's the business side of medicine. And so, but I, I was able to be like, okay, there's the altruism and the business side here. So that's when we kind of made Femgevity. That's beautiful. And with the transition from that, like this steady paycheck going into this retirement mode and then picking up a business, how, how did you like transition with your money mindset as far as, okay, I see the business side of it. I see we can make a profit because, you know, we open our businesses to make a profit. How did you manage that transition? And, you know, what was the system like that you put in place to help both of you um, see a great profit and to expand? Because this is fairly new, right? Because we're. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, the concept of kind of helping women with perimenopause and menopause was something that I got involved in heavily, probably about five or six years ago when I was just was like, oh, I'll just refer my clients that were getting older that I had helped deliver babies, you know, uh, 15, 16 years ago. And there was no one to refer them to. So then I was like, okay, I got to really like dig in. And I really got to like solve this problem and figure this puzzle out. Had to go into the international literature because there's not a lot of people in America doing this. And, um, and that's when I started to solve, but it was really just kind of with, because it, it takes, it took a lot. It took a lot of um, understanding. It took a lot of handholding. Um, it took a lot of, you know, time to kind of really do it right. And then, um, so it wasn't really something that I was like, oh, I'm going to make a business out of this yet in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I think when I, like the decision to kind of quit working is one where the mindset shift is like, I kind of was, I'm always a big believer in following your highest excitement, like following your highest excitement, your highest passion, your highest joy to the best of your ability and to kind of like let go of the outcome. Like in my mind, it's like the, you know, the higher mind connection to, to the heart, like the heart is the receptor of the higher mind connection. And so joy, love, passion, excitement is really like the communication modality. And so the more we can kind of use that to communicate with our higher mind or, you know, God or universe or choose your words, Uh um, then things kind of fall into place and, we can kind of go with the universal flow and the energetic flow. And that also includes the money, the people, the timing, the resources that are required. And so the timing and the energy was right. I was like, okay, it's time for me to put down birth and it's time for me to pick up. Like I have this passion of really, it's, it's so funny. Cause like helping a woman through perimenopause and men and, and menopause, it has the same joy that birth had for me in, in the years prior. Mm-hmm. And so, and then the money kind of 
follows, like the money kind of flows and follows. And that's so true because when you're passionate about what you're doing, you're like a magnet to money and money, money multiplies, you know, that's what I date money is all about. It's all about multiplying money, doing what you love to do and connecting all those pieces so that it's a joy. And it's awesome that you get to do it in retirement, that you got to retire at 40 from something that you absolutely loved and then step into filling a need and knowing that this is your passion and this is your purpose. And, you know, I always like to say, if it makes sense, it will make dollars, right? If it doesn't make sense, it's not going to make dollars and not even worrying about like, yeah, this is okay. You know, it's not really about the money. It's about helping people, helping ladies specifically, get that balance, be able to get that health in their life, right. So that they don't have to stress out. And this is ultimately going to help them in their finances, because when their body feels healthy, then they're able to say, okay, this is what I want to do. And this is how I want to, you know, give back. And then they get to do what they love to do and make money, multiply their money. And we, we talk about, you know, how money flows, creating this cash flow system so that we can help others. We can create this ripple effect so we, that we can build this beautiful legacy. So what is, what is your hopes? And we all have our bucket list. Like we're always thinking about, okay, this is the, the long-term plan. So what's your hope in your, um, in the money story with your business, as far as like, where do you want it to see it grow and how is this going to help you with your future, leaving a beautiful legacy for your family? Yeah. So would I really like my biggest desire is I really want to transform the word menopause. I really want the word menopause to be synonymous with upgrade and women to really view menopause as, okay, femininity and life in a 3.0 version. You know, we have our life in adolescence and puberty, and then we have our reproductive years. So it's kind of like, you know, the, the, the main version of who we are. And then the 2.0 version is the reproductive years. And then we get this massive upgrade when we go through menopause and into like the fullness of who we are and the full expression of who we are with, you know, just like mind opening to everything. So it's, I know it's a very big and lofty goal that that's kind of what I'm trying to go for in terms of, um, with femgevity and kind of the understanding is educating women, holding their hand. You know, Michelle and I always say, Michelle's my co-founder. We always say, we're not really out to redefine menopause or call it something new or kitschy. And it's not the new pause or it's not the change or it's not, you know, all these, the new spring or all the, the new awakening are these kind of like nice words. We're like, it's menopause and it's an upgrade and get ready for it. And we're here to educate and support and show women all the different ways that they can intuitively understand um, their bodies better as mm-hmm. they go through it. So that's like the big lofty goal. Um, from a financial perspective, personally, I would I would love to grow this business, let it become what it's ultimately meant to become. I, I do think insistence is a form of resistance. So I I try to let go of the outcome as much as possible and, you know, let it become what it's meant to become grow it to the point of where it's ready to kind of be moved on into the next phase of, of its, you know, femgevity kind of has then its own kind of consciousness and existence. And then I would like to kind of probably move into um, helping other companies like that get off the ground. Like I'd like to get involved in investing in companies like that and, and helping women that are starting companies like that with the idea of um, motivating women, helping women, 
encouraging women um, to expand in all ways. Yeah, um, that's beautiful. Creating that ripple effect and mm-hmm. building this business out so that it can have babies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like. It's like energetic babies or or, uh, psychological babies, I guess. Exactly. Like when we think about our businesses, it's a baby. Like, you know, we conceive this notion of, oh, I have this idea and let's, let's birth that idea. And then, you know, like I, I just uh, got my LLC on July 3rd for I date money. And it's like, wow, this is so cool. Like we're official. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like that adoption stage. And then you go in and you watch the growth. And if you think about a baby growing and all the milestones, our businesses parallel so well with that. And to create this beautiful legacy, like what happens, like what's the purpose of what we're doing? It's not just about money. So many will see, well, I need to make more money. I need to hustle and hustle. And I got to do this thing to make more money. And um, you had said earlier in the, I don't know if it was on the show or pre-show, Show, but you know, we talked about like, well, I want to make all this money so I can do whatever I want to do and I won't have to worry about it, right? But will you really not worry about it? Because you'll you'll get that thirst, that hunger for more money, right? And I always like to say wealth isn't about the riches. Wealth is about your money mindset, like enjoying what you do have. Because I've had clients who are not wealthy compared, to, you know, with society standards. You know, I have a family of four, they only make $35,000 a year and they're rocking it. I mean, they're doing all the things, saving their money and really their cash flow is so congruent to their lifestyle and their values that they're able to multiply it. And people look at them and say, well, how are you doing that? They're like, I don't know, because they know what their purpose is and their desires are so aligned with it that they get to multiply their money and bring in this cash flow. So it's not this feeling of, I don't have enough, there's this lack. So it's that same concept of this business growing and creating this ripple ripple effect, right? This reciprocal energy of, yeah, I'm going to grow this business and then I'm going to teach others how to grow it because this is something that's definitely needed. I know I've been postmenopausal since 2017. I have gotten no help whatsoever other than the fact that I might need estrogen and it's just like, ugh. You know, and there's like sleepless nights and thankfully I'm me and money are best friends. We're partners. So I don't have that stressor with the money going on, but with the health issues going on. And I know that if I was worried about money, if I wasn't able to, you know, invest in myself, there would be, I can see where that brings in that. Oh my goodness. What am I going to do? I I already don't have enough money. And now I have this health problem. It's going to, it takes away from your business when you're constantly worrying about your health you can't do your, your business, right? Because your focus isn't there. And if you're worrying Mm -hmm. about money, money's like, I don't want to be around you. I'm taking off over here. So I love that. So, um, I know my audience wants to hear your elevator pitch about exactly how you help. You've shared a lot about it, but tell us what's the, what's the pitch? What do you offer specifically? Yeah. So Femgevity is a concierge telemedicine platform for women who are really 40 to 65 who are looking to optimize their wellness. And we really created this so that women who kind of fall off the map after their reproductive time or after their menstrual cycle time um, have a place to go where they can get answers about their health and about hormone balancing, about perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause care, and how to really feel their absolute best during this time. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your story and, and your career path and all the things that you've done. It's so beautiful. What words of wisdom would you like to 
share with the audience? So actually in alignment with what you were sharing about the the family that you have that does has the $35,000 a year. I think that that holds true with one of my mantras that I kind of think about a lot in my life, which is that circumstances don't matter. Only state of being matters. And it's your state of being that actually creates your circumstances. So I, I would say that. that's, that's, cool. that's my, one of my many mantras. <laughs> I love that. That's a beautiful mantra. Well, thank you again, Kristen. I really appreciate you sharing your energy with us and your expertise and, um, anyone listening, please tune in, uh, join the Facebook group, money magnets, wealthy women, sovereign souls. The link will be in the show notes as well as links to connect with Kristen and really get to know her, get into her world. And, and if you know anyone that needs her help, you know, perimenopause, postmenopause, all those things, you know, that kind of get overlooked, please share this episode with them. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. Hey, 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 thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it. Hey, 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 thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it.